We Like Dota, episode 314, is brought to you by the generous support of our patrons. Patrons like Yield Raven, Ninja Scouts, Samson Magnuson, Rx Cowbell, Surreal, CBX, Mr. Fancy Pants, Beandot, Modster, Iceberg, Spangrim, Titus and Dormadon, Dank, Xynosin, Dodi Kalschev, Paul Turner, Jeffrey Peterson, Kruger, Javier Latuplay, Wisp, Zeke, and Strawcap. We Like Dota, episode 313, starts now. Hello and welcome to We Like Dota, episode 313. I'm A2K, I'll be your host for today, and I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, fellow Dota 2 podcaster, and might I even say, my friend, Ursinity. How are you doing? I am lovely. I'm I'm flattered you would call me a friend. I was thinking of doing like a bit and being like, no, we're like, you know, acquaintances or whatever, but instead... I barely know you. Yeah, we have talked like once. No, I would consider us friends, Arian, even though, even though we are forced by you to play Dota together on a team which tests the bounds yeah, of friendship. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a test of friendship. Yeah, I, I've i had that experience with my co-host Proud, best of friends, <laughs> and yet also when we're on a team together, it drives both of us crazy. Um, and Can make friends into enemies. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's just like working with people where I have people that I am good friends with and absolutely would never work with in a million years. And also, I have people that I work with, great, that I would never in a million years associate with outside of my job. Um, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's uh, it's an important to know your barriers, right? Like, exactly, I know exactly. which invites to decline, um, both in real <laughs> life and, and in Dota 2. I honestly, like, I struggle to decline invites in Dota. Like... If somebody invites me, I have a really hard time saying no, even if they don't, even if I don't really want to play with them. I yeah. think I gotta work on that. I used to. I mean, now I am. I almost exclusive. Also, I love to play solo queue, so that's also a convenient excuse. But I'm almost always in offline mode, and then if people message me on Discord, I usually will play a game. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I don't. I'm a big offline mode guy. So. I don't actively avoid anybody, but if it's somebody that I've not played with in a long time, or if I genuinely just have no clue who it is, I will decline and just be like, "Oh, sorry, I'm doing something else" or whatever. Yeah, that's but, true. That's true. I, 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 if I don't know the person, like, who cares? You know? Well, like, yeah, I don't know them. What they're gonna do? Well, so like a lot of people. I mean, I'm a prime example of this, but a lot of people change their names all the time. And I'm like, well, I don't... Yeah, that's so annoying, man. Yeah. Why do you keep doing it? Because it's fun. It's And it's a good... I have that superstition that uh, whenever I'm on a losing streak, I'll change my name and that... And also sometimes I'll change my icon. And that's my superstition to break my losing streak. And sometimes it works, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. That's the way that works, dude. It's, it works, it works. It's magic. It's just like... Uh, I mean, if it works, then it's placebo for sure. Yeah, I mean, my uh, my astrologist told me that it was going to work out. So that's why I've been doing it. And it, You're joking, awesome. right? You don't have an astrologist. No, no, I, I do not have an astrologist. Okay. I do love to... So, I mean, I assume people know who I, who I am and what I do. But I... Yeah, I think probably if a person listens to We Like Dora, they probably know you. Yeah, they probably listen to the other unnamed podcast. Um, but 
if you don't know who I am or what I do, I'm a middle school teacher. And one of my favorite things teaching, you know, 11, 12 and 13 year olds is to introduce them to concepts that they just don't know about or like simple questions that they've never thought of before because they're like learning to be people, right? They're forming opinions about the world, stuff like that. But it's also the time in high school, this extends to as well. But this is also the time in their lives where they are like, especially not to stereotype middle school boys, but um, they're deciding that they hate certain things and they're getting really hard line. And sometimes I think in high school, this usually takes place more like politically where that's where you get your like, you know, uh, super far right or super far left, like 15 year olds. But um, one of my favorite things is just to talk about astrology because there's a certain element of 13-year-old boys that will, like, get spitting angry if you say, oh, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> and they'll be like, they're like, Mr. Ascinity, that's fake. That's not a real thing. I, and I'm like, oh, no, it, it's real. Like, I was born at 730 in the morning, so that's why I'm going to have a good day today. And it gets to – and there's a lesson at the end. I'm not just teasing children. Um, but the lesson at the end is like, well, you should let people kind of do harmless things like astrology. It's just good fun. Um, but that's one of my yeah. favorite things to break out. It's just like, I mean, oh, I'm a Gemini. So, like, you know, so that's why we're going to learn about so-and-so today. I'm super not – like, my mom, she used to, like, commission professional horoscopes my, yeah. for me and my sister. My um, <laughs> Over the summer, my, my mom paid – an amount of money that I do not want to think about. It wasn't a lot. <laughs> it was a not zero amount. I think it was like $30 or something to call a, yeah. oh God, I'm like mortified just saying this. Her and my dad, who def, my dad is the farthest person from believing this kind of stuff. She paid a like a uh, phone psychic kind of person oh, um, no. to talk about their like past lives. And I've, pretty sure she paid like $30 for this or something and I was just <laughs> on one level I was like this is harmless but also on another level I was like this is $30 like we could buy a pretty good yeah. meal for this I was, it was I mean, mortifying a ghost is I like agree. where I draw the line I can't do ghosts uh, <laughs> ghosts yeah ghosts I don't believe in that but I mean I agree like let people have their fun but if people like you know direct their entire life around yeah, like, like, like Ronald stuff, Reagan. I think that's kind of that's kind of over the line like, yeah, have a bit of fun with it. Don't overdo it with yeah. astrology stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's all in good fun, but yeah, it um, it's just one of those things that I just find it so funny that people get so up in arms about like somebody you know reading their horoscope in the morning, or yeah, they whatever. just think they're like really smart because yeah. like. I feel like most people don't realize that it's like don't, they don't realize the holistic uh, approach. They can't fathom that like people talk about astrology even though they don't like literally believe that there's yeah. like moon energy coming and directing their life. Yeah, they they take everything very literal. Yeah, um, I, I have um, and not to make this into a whole long discussion, but um, my a bunch of my friends. I mean, I think that trip's already yeah, it's true. Away. A bunch of my friends are very into tarot cards. And so they'll do, like, pulls on, like, in the morning. And so in my personal Discord, they'll be like, hey, hey you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to dox my friends. But they're like, all right, uh, hey, Martin, like, can you do a poll for me? And so it's not about the philosophy of thinking, like, oh, well, he pulled a two. Uh, no, it's not a two. It's not like playing cards. He pulled the Queen of Cups, so I'm going to have a great day. It's more just the, um, what's the word? Like the, by pulling the card, it gets you to think about 
your life and think about your day and think mm -hmm. about, oh, uh, you know, the things that happened to you earlier or the things that are going to happen later. And so yeah, it's like it's a like, thought exper experiment kind of thing. It's like pouring lead on Sylvester, right? I, that is a string of words that means absolutely nothing to me. Wait, you don't do that? Pulling, put, pouring lead no, on not Sylvester? Not pulling, sorry, pouring, pouring yeah. lead. On Sylvester, so, like a cat? Yeah, so you take, I mean, it's not lead anymore, but it used to be lead. Now it's like a similar, like, uh, metal that melts easily. Um, uh-huh. Like on Sylvester, you take a spoon, you put the metal on there, and it's they. We still call it lead, but it's not lead anymore because you know people die from that. Yeah, um, it also makes people and violent, and they yeah yeah decreases you their melt IQ, it, which is fake. But you melt it on a spoon over a candle, and then you put it in water. And however the structure that comes out of that is shaped, oh. you try to infer what the next year is going to be. Oh. Everybody does that in Germany Look, uh, on Sylvester. Yeah. It's kind of like reading. Uh, like reading tea leaves, where it's like, all right, I'm gonna yeah, pour something tea. like that. Similar, yeah, similar. That's interesting. Is Sylvester a holiday? It's the new year. Oh, okay. So it's a holiday. I, Sylvester, yeah, I was thinking a, of the cat from the cartoons, and I was like, you're pouring a hot boil like lead on an animal. That's really, really <laughs> no. bad. All right, all right. Honestly, I think on that note, um, we should talk about. We should Dota. get into the Dota feelings. How about that? Yeah, I guess so. We, I've pulled the Queen of Cups, and she has dictated that we must talk about the video game Dota Two. All right, Ursi. Um, how was the weekend, Dota? So, and how did it make you feel, dude? You can't. Oh my god! All right, just start. What? You ruined it, man. I need to say, oh. and how did it make you feel before you start? Oh, just I'm go. sorry. Um, so feelings about Dota. Let's see. So, as anybody that listens to my podcast knows, I've not been playing a tremendous amount of Dota recently. Being that we are what, like, eight months into this patch, I yeah, I genuinely think this is a really good patch. Also, it's been good for so long that I'm thoroughly bored of it. Um, However, I think it started out as one of the worst patches ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it became good after that. Yeah. Adjustments. Yeah, once they had all the little mini changes and stuff like that, it, yeah. it definitely got better. But I think this has been a really good patch for, you know, like the last six months or so. Um, but I've just tried kind of everything that I wanted to try. I became a mid player again this patch. I. Had a lot of fun doing that. I was there was a time, especially due to quarantine, since I'm not like going out and doing things. I was playing like 40 games a week, pretty reliably for mm. maybe like three months of this patch. But now I'm kind of you know I, I don't again I don't hate the patch. I just kind of am bored. I play other games, but um, due to we like Dota League, I play with Arian and, and other people. Um, we're not a two person team. Yeah. Um, so that gets me to play. I pl I've played a couple other games this week. Uh, other Dota games this week, but genuine, generally, in any given week, I will play two We Like Dota League games and two other games. Um, mm. Some of which I feel obligated to play because of my podcast. Others of which, you know, they're just to kill time to listen to podcasts because Dota is my go-to podcast listening game. Um, whereas other games I play, I, I watch TV oh at the time. So, um, I've I played a few. I'd say my Dota feelings are. Generally positive, 
um, right now. They're kind of, there's not a lot of feelings, but the feelings that exist are mm-hmm. more positive. I've been winning a good bit. The games I lose, I understand why I lost. They're not like maddening losses, you know, those kind of games. Um, mm-hmm. They're very like, oh, I realize why I messed this up. I realize what was wrong. So I'd say, I'd say I'm renewing my interest in Dota recently after like a month of hey. playing very, very little. Maybe like two months, honestly, of like playing very, very little. Um, I'm getting back into it. My hero pool is a bit yeah, of a mess right now, though. I think that's the I'm only glad thing. I'm glad We Like Dota League was able to, you know, reinvigorate your passion for Dota. Yeah, it's good. So, I mean, on again, on our podcast, we've talked a lot about um, different ways to get your friends to play Dota, right? If you're trying to introduce new people to it, if you're trying to, like you say, reinvigorate interest. And I truly do think playing in a league, whether it's a serious league, whether it's a casual league, whether it's an in-house league, is one of the best ways to both get intermediate players to want to become better and to you know really improve. I think it's also a great way to get um, players that are losing interest in the game more interested. Um, it's not perfect, right? Because it can go wrong, right? Like, mm. you know, if you're two friends and you get along great, but you don't get along in a team, that's not good. But I really do love playing in a league uh, that's casual. I have played in more serious leagues, and I will not go back to that. Uh, that's for sure. At least <laughs> not any anytime soon. Um, yeah, I agree. The move, the, the motivational aspect is definitely very big for yeah. people. Yeah, and the structure. Like, I think one of the big problems with Dota is that since it takes so long and it's so indeterminate, right? You can play a game and it might take twenty five minutes. It might take eighty five minutes. That become that makes it hard to uh, click that find match button. I think for a lot of people, myself included, because mm. I think, oh well, what True if some anxiety? Yeah, anxiety. Yeah, it anxiety and also just uncertainty where it's like well what if i need to do something in 30 minutes like what if you know i get a phone call and things like that so um whereas other games i'm like well if i load up genshin impact which is what i've been spending most of my time on it's like well i can play for 20 minutes i can play for 30 minutes but i decide um and i think one of the nice things about playing in a league whether it's in houses or whatever is you say all right from sunday i'm playing at 2 p.m and you know to show up, you know there are people that are going to hold you accountable for showing up, and it's scheduling your Dota time. And I think that mm. for a lot of busier people or people that find it difficult to find time for Dota, it's a good way to make time for Dota because it's scheduled into your day just like anything else would be. Um, that's something that I think leagues specifically benefit people um, okay. with for well, something. How were your league matches this week, Orsi? Uh, well, you know, um, but for the kind listeners of this lovely podcast, my our league matches, let's see, we lost both of them, but we kind of expected to lose just knowing the like yeah. MMR disparity. Um, I think from my perspective, our first game, uh, which was more competitive than our second game, our first game I played Wraith King because I'm the carry player. Um for the time being on our in our team. I played Wraith King in the first game, which I think a lot of people would agree uh, is a really boring hero. Um, but he's fun because he is really good. <laughs> and even yeah, if he's... I a- think... 
out of all the players of our team in the first game, you definitely uh, did the best out of like everybody. Yeah. Like, uh, even though your lane wasn't that good, you farmed like a madman. You were like your fighting performance was surprisingly strong, um, even though you went for a radiance build. Yeah, I think the problem we ran into in both games was the enemy team was good at coming together and establish or um, they, they would set clear goals or clear fights and they would approach them in a very logical and straightforward way our team i think ended up being on the back foot a lot of times because a fight would happen and we would have you know two people doing one thing two people doing another thing and you know the fifth person who knows um mm. and i think that comes with time right if you play with a five stack very often which i don't know about this other team maybe they do maybe they don't if you play the five stack often it's pretty easy to coordinate things whether it's team comp or whether it's in fights and so like i was pretty uh i was the second most farmed hero in the entire game in the first um game but i think a lot of times my strength i couldn't you know use to actually accomplish things because we would engage in an awkward way or we would start a fight with like four people because something got picked off or you know there would be a fight going on and i was in bottom lane when the fight was top lane or you know there'd be some miscommunication whatever um the enemy team also had a lot of jump they had a lot of kind of confusing yeah. nonsense that night stalker really made things hard for us for sure yeah and that hero just is hard to play against right like they had night stalker it's, and yeah. tusk and also they had a specter so night stalker has that I'm trying to think of the word for it. He creates a problem where you know, oh, hey, it's nighttime. I need to be worried about him. But also, when it's daytime, you still need to be worried about him. And when it's nighttime, mm -hmm. there are times you don't need to worry about him. There are times you need to be worried about him. So he creates this kind of, like, stress on the game. And it's hard to play against if you don't know where he is at any given time. Um, yeah, that's, that's So true. that definitely caused a lot of problems for us. Night Stalker in general is just really hard to play against. Um, How did you think the Lash Rack worked for them in the first game? Because, yeah. I mean, I was a mid-snapfire in that game, and I was pretty proud of my mid-performance, to be honest, because going in, I said this on last week's show, but I was very worried laning against this immortal tier uh, mid laner, because I'm not immortal, I'm not even close to that. And even though he got first blood, um, I feel like the lane went well, um, like he, he got first blood and then I even was able to solo kill him and I mean that was nice but you know Snapfire she kind of does that it's easy to kill people in lane with Snapfire yeah. like I won't take too much credit for that but also I got like every deny in the first two waves which was really good uh, and I know I guess Lashrak here has a way worse attack animation and uh, Snapfire has a really good one but still I feel like that was pretty good but after yeah. that suddenly I felt like I just had the like every support from the enemy on me constantly for the next like 10 minutes. I remember yeah. one time uh, me and Jakiro tried to deward the hill on Radiant's side. That's like on the right side of the top lane. And then we both died and we found out that for like the past three minutes, like Spectre was farming the camp next to the midline. Nightstalker was chilling there with Tusk and Lashrek. So like four heroes from minute 12 on just chilling in the mid lane. Yeah, I think that gets to a problem with Wraith King where Wraith King is so hard to kill that a lot of times t teams just don't even try to kill him. Because they're like, oh, well, if we're going to kill him, it's going to require so much investment. So that forces, or it doesn't force, but it causes the other other team to focus on other lanes. So that's why they gank mid and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Good um, point. Also, 
Um, Wraith King has pretty good kill potential. We got like a few kills in a lane between Jakiro and Wraith King, but eventually, like they just left, and because they knew they weren't gonna stop my farm, and they knew that they weren't gonna kill me without a lot of investment, and yeah. so they were allowed, they were able to focus. And on I mean, you guys, I'm and, like, I was happy taking those uh, ganks in that game specifically yeah. because your first death, like you were so doing so well up until the mid game, like you still did well afterwards, but your first death was uh, was at I'm looking it up now minute twenty two. Yeah, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. That you know the game was closer than game two, but we still like started losing from pretty early on. Oh, like, yeah. Other heroes on our team had like eight deaths at that point, and Ursi died the first time. Yeah, I mean, so I think one of the problems we ran into as well is our off lane had a combo that we had practiced with other people because we had a sub uh, as our three. And the nature of those kind of combos, especially a double melee combo, is if it starts going wrong, it can go really, really wrong really, really fast. And unfortunately, yeah. that's what happened in our first game. Um, whereas if you just pick two good heroes, and that's like, oh, this is my three and this is my four, two basic things, then you have something to fall back on usually. Whereas when you pick specific tools or specific combos if it doesn't go well it's like a gamble i agree um and so that's how a hero like mars can just be have a really bad lane because it's like all right well yeah. my first couple waves are bad now i'm i'm under leveled mars is only tanky when he's playing aggressively right so if you're being kicked out of lane he's a pretty squishy hero who's easy to kill mm -hmm. it's really difficult um yeah. i i appreciated having the mask clock combo yeah. uh, after the laning phase because it offered us a lot of like fight potential and fights that we could take uh, yeah. that we just otherwise couldn't have. And especially like with Leshrac, if he doesn't misplay, you don't have a lot of chances to kill him um, because he's super fast. He pushes out lane super fast. You see him like for every minute that goes maybe like five uh, seconds, he's visible on the map. Yeah. Um, and the clockwork just made it so that he could hook in, I could press my ulti and we could get like guaranteed kills on him. Um, yeah, just very nice. I, I think it was all good. I think this is a classic example of a game where you know their their average or more again was like a good deal higher, right? They have four divine players and one legend mm. player. I don't know the MRs of our team comp in this game, but we're lower than them on average. And the thing with MMR disparities, usually whether it's in in houses or anything like that, or just in pubs, is higher MMR players if you were to just to generalize what they are better at is they're better at the fundamentals of laning. And especially when you come to a five stack where it's like, well, they play together often their practice is your lanes, our lanes in this game went poorly in general, right? I free farmed, but that wasn't necessarily a huge deal. The enemies safe lane are free farmed. And so or we had like an early disadvantage money wise and XP wise because they just had like, you know, better fundamentals at laning. Their team yeah. also was very easy to play lane wise, whereas our team had a few elements that were easy and a few elements that were conditional. Right? Like again, Mars is a great hero, but Mars is conditional, right? Your lane yeah, success yeah. is very dependent on having a good start, getting a, a few levels. Uh, and then hitting spears. And hitting spears is hard. <laughs> like, I can't do it. That's why I don't play a freaking hero. Mm. Um, same thing with Clockwork, right? Clockwork is a very conditional hero. 
Either you get on somebody and you have your thing running, or you don't. And if you don't, you're like gonna yeah, struggle. Yeah, you're kind of you um, otherwise. Yeah. So, whereas the enemy team, you know, they have these things like disruptor, where like disruptor is like a mindless hero. He's a good hero, but disruptor, you just press your uh, damage ability and then you click a hero and then you win your lane as long as you have mana. <laughs> like it is not rocket science. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so. I, I think we had like an early disadvantage, and you know that's Still. what happens. Yeah. Um. Overall, you know, I wasn't too mad about losing that game. I felt like yeah. like we even one time we made it like to pushing that tier three. Yeah. Um. Which I didn't like going into that series. I never expected that that would happen. Um, yeah. Then game two, uh, it was just like we got totally stomped. Game two. Um. They had a juggernaut who like killed our sand king like five times in lane or something just spinning on him didn't die a single time i don't know why we did that in hindsight it was so dumb we picked pagna we had last pick mid which we didn't have in game one and we picked pagna into an ember spirit and i don't know for some reason i thought like i'd handle the matchup but thinking back to it now it was such a dumb decision like he has that 500 magic shield in lane, he can always like he always dodged my Q with his uh, W, um, yeah. and then once we're both six, I can like never try to suck him because he always uh, gets away. Yeah. Like he has two different ways to break everything I do to him, and then even if he does just doesn't press uh, his buttons or he gets stunts or something, he still has a 500 magic absorb- absorption shield. Yeah, and your defensive ability is pretty ineffective against him. Right, because yeah, decrepify is like, oh, I'm damage. dying faster now. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. So, yeah, I think game two, game two, game two was rough. It was just, I mean, it was bad on all levels. Um, I, so I played Naga Sire in that game, which is a pretty, I, I would say she's a good hero right now. Um, I had free farm essentially. I had like decent early game, but the problem with Naga Siren is, and everybody that has played even one Naga Siren game knows this. She takes a while to accelerate, right? Like you need to have two items at least to be a threat. You need to have mm-hmm. ideally three to be a big deal. And the enemy team, you know, Ember Spirit is really strong against Naga until like until Naga has like three or four items. Then suddenly Ember Spirit becomes really bad against Naga. But um, I wasn't able to get to my point. And my thought, and I think one of the virtues of Pugna is Pugna is very strong at creating that early advantage, right? Like, you're going to take yeah. early towers, you're going to create map control, you have a lot of kill potential with combos like Sand King Pugna or, like, Earth's... Well, I think Earthshaker is a horrendously bad hero, and I I, I, I think <laughs> that is, like, an affront to God that we picked it. Um, but Pugna, Naga Siren, theoretically, is pretty strong. But yeah. you're right, like, Pugna against Ember Spirit, I also didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. But then... You know, once you spend more than three seconds thinking about it, you're like, oh, actually, this is terrible. Like, this is really exactly. Um, um, like, I felt like my only play that game was literally running bottom and killing Disruptor, which yeah. I did, like, three times. But, you know, wow. But who cares? Your mid laner yeah. can kill the enemy's support efficiently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big deal. Um, yeah. It, it, all right. Yeah. It, it was not ideal. But also, you know, I, I think whenever you're playing in a league or even in-houses is when you enter into a game... You know, you know at least some information about the other other team, and there are games where it feels really bad to lose games you were expecting to win, um, mm-hmm. regardless of what point you're at in the league, whether it's the finals or it's the first seed bracket. 
it feels bad to lose games you expected to win. This was not a game or a series that I think any of us expected to win. So on one level, that is very freeing because you can try new things. And on another level, you know, these losses were not too painful. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I it's fun to test things out. And it's good to see what doesn't work. Um, I think that is the uh, thing you can learn. Right now we have Wraith yeah. King in our pool because we were happy with that game one. Whereas we had not even thought of that in previous series. And I was still happy with Naga Siren. I don't want to reveal all yeah. our strategies. You caught up. But... You were like not like you were less fun than the Jack who had like 17 kills, but you weren't drastically less fun up until yeah. like minute 25 when he really snowballed. So yeah, my Naga was fine. still very good. I mean, like, so Linian's Darkseer, there are, you know, certain things are going to dominate Darkseer, right? Like if you pick AM, yeah, sure. Obviously you're going to have a great game. Naga Siren against Darkseer I, is pretty fine. Um, the problem with Darkseer is like, well, he just is going to farm no matter what, right? Like, we're not really going to stop him from farming. Um, I think we kill him like once in a lane, maybe. And so yeah. Naga Siren, though, is fine. She's a little bad under tower. But in general, I really like Naga Siren. I think she's a good hero right now. It just didn't come together, which, you know, that's yeah. just Dota for you, right? Uh Looking at the rest of the group stage, um, this these words might come back to bite me in the ass um, mm. later, but I'm hoping uh, to win all the rest of the series that we're going to play in this group stage. Mm. Um, I like the sound of I that. I think our team overall uh, in the two series that we've played so far, we were stronger than I expected initially, and I expected us to be decently strong. So... Um, Looking forward, I think we can. I don't think we can win the league, but we can definitely get a good placement, in my opinion. That's um, good. I'm I'm happy to be playing. As much as I kind of just, uh, in the interest of transparency, when you first messaged me like, "Hey, let's play Wii League," <laughs> yeah, you <again>, said no. <laughs> I was like, "Well, I don't know. Like, I'm not playing a lot of Dota right now." But you convinced me, and now that we're playing, I'm enjoying it more than I expected to, and mm. um. It is good for content also because it gets me to actually play Dota. Because again, like scheduled games are really good for like a busy person, right? I mean, my theory on why you said yes is just the nostalgia. It's hard to say no to a team that you've played together for the past two seasons. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I um, it the games usually being on a weekend also is nice. Um, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that we can keep that up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not a big deal if we don't. But like for me, one of the big things that hurt my Dota playing is once the school year started back up, my schools are in person, other than you know the occasional whenever we have a COVID case, like we have to be out for two days and to do the contact tracing and all that. So it's a whole process. But in general, we're in person. But so I'm like tired when I get home because I have a busy, hectic, you know, day from seven thirty in the morning until yeah. you know three o'clock. And so I don't want to play Dota when I get home from work. I'm like, I want to, like, shut my brain off and watch, like, a Korean soap opera and play Genshin Impact all day. Um, well, so we're so, going to get into that later also. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's nice having uh, weekend games that are scheduled and I can't ditch. I'm like, oh, I have to go play this video game at 4 p.m. with Arian. Otherwise, like, somebody will be mad at me. And that's <laughs> nice. So I've been enjoying cool, it as cool. well. All right, um, let's move into the news, Ersi. How about Please. That? <laughs> <laughs> to read the future, I need entries. All 
All right, getting into the news, uh, Ursi, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, we like Dota. We're big fans right now of Viking.gg. Um, I'm not sure if you've been made aware of that team. Uh, I, kind of a new upstart underdog. I could honestly tell you before you said the sentence, I did not know there was a Dota team named Viking.gg. Okay, so basically, they're a newer EU team who are, you know, oh. kind of cleaning up the scene right now, so who, to say. Who's uh, on when this recorded, team? Who's on this team? All right, I'll list you the players. I can guarantee you, you won't know any one of the players. <laughs> okay, um, that's a good start. So the players are Shad from uh, the Netherlands, Boom from the Czech Republic, Toby from Austria, Aramis from Israel, and then Celery, their captain, uh, on from the Netherlands. Okay, that's nice. I like I like the Netherlands. Big fan. Okay, yeah. so I'm a big fan of the Netherlands as well. By the way, Celery he's an outspoken vegan, and if you want to, you can follow his uh, Instagram where he po- posts vegan cooking recipes. That's exciting. I uh, yeah. that that's as a person who enjoys cooking and recipes. Actually, I'd say I enjoy recipes almost more than cooking sometimes. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I respect it. I love a food blog. Yeah. So this team, they're on a winning streak right now. They won the... Uh, when we recorded last week, uh, I actually predicted Liquid to win the finals of the BTS Pro Series uh, again. And I got punished for my uh, non-believing. They kind of stomped Liquid, actually. Oh. Um, and I actually got to interview the captain of Viking for work uh, after that series. And he said that knowing that Liquid were the champions of the biggest event of the past like two months that being the ESL1 Germany, mm-hmm. um, made that victory a lot sweeter because, you know, they kind of, you know, stomped the champions. And then in the Epic League that's going on right now, Viking, I think two days ago, they beat Liquid again, uh, convincingly, you know, cementing that lead. They still got their number. And then yesterday, they even beat Team Secret, Ursi. And I know you're not that much into Pro Dota, but I'm sure even you know how good Team Secret is right now. Oh, yeah, that is, that is the one thing I have learned about dota recently or pro dota because i i just pro dota doesn't i I get very confused easily my brain is very small and so pro dota is something that i have not spent headspace Mm. on but i know that team secret was doing really well recently i have a team secret pen it's my prized possession very cool i have the it's the most expensive item of clothing i've ever bought i bought the team secret hoodie oh well how was it just like due to import costs and stuff like that? It was super expensive. No, it was very expensive. I don't want oh. to say how expensive. I'm kind of embarrassed that I bought it, to be honest. That, it was so cool. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I've spent um, ungodly amounts of money on stupid things, so I feel you. I mean, like I know I always, like I never buy uh, like uh, team merch. I think it's kind of cringy. To be honest, I own but none, so. that team secreter they did a collab with the brand Champion, and it was like actually a well-designed hoodie that if I saw it uh, just like in a store, I'd probably buy it as well. Oh, so well, I, I I feel like I had to have that hoodie. Um, next up on the news, uh, I'm think you've heard of this: uh, Ice 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 joining EG as an offlaner, uh, replacing Ramses. Uh, what's your take on this? Or do you think he's gonna make NA Dota great again? Well, so the thing with Ice Ice Ice, has he been on an NA team in like no. uh, ever or in recent no. history? Definitely not, right? He's only ever played SEA and China, I believe. Yeah. Um. So I'm curious to see, do we know the rest of EG right now? Can you remind me? Yeah. It's Arteezy, Abed, Crit, and Fly. 
Oh, okay. So I, I know all those people. Um, it sounds like a typical EG lineup where you have a whole lot of like big names, and I'm always curious to see how people mesh because it's difficult to have a lot of big names on a team, right? There's historically been teams like the Sumail EG or Sumail Artizi lineup where it's like, oh, on paper these are two really good players and they'll be great together, and then. In reality, it's like actually like they have tons of conflicts because they're both greedy, like showy players. And Ice 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 is very much a showy player, right? He plays cool things, he plays flashy things, and that's great and it's good to watch. But is it gonna congeal into a good team? I, no. That's what I wonder. Obviously, I'm a little uh, tuned out of the current meta, but knowing these players historically, that's the problem I envision. And I imagine Fly. Knowing Fly as a captain is and Crit as well, actually, they're pretty good at you know mellowing those kind of people out and getting them to work together. But it sounds intense, especially Abed yeah. too. Like he's again like a flashy mid player. I would be curious to see. I feel like they're gonna lose a lot of dumb games. I guess that's like, <laughs> that's how I think about it, right? That's the um, kind of lineup that loses games they should, uh, rather loses games they shouldn't. Right. Sure. Like, sure. You're going to have some um, classic freaking like ESL1 Sumail mid Timbersaw draft. And it's like, all right, yeah. we should, or mid axe. I can't remember what it was he played. But it was something stupid. I was like, well, why would. It was PPD at the time was the captain. But it was like, EG should have won that game 10 out of 10 times. But instead, PPD with his like tiny brain was like, you know what? Let's just <laughs> let Sumail pick, you know, play axe mid. I think it was axe mid. Or, or it was like axe safe lane. Now that I'm remembering, I think it was Axe Safe Lane. And they had, like, a Pugna mid. It was just, like, horrendously bad. And it's like, well, yeah, because, like, your flashy player convinced you in draft to pick him his flashy thing. But instead, it's like, well, I probably just should have played something simple and easy and not, like, freaking Galaxy Brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I worry about whenever I see a name, a team with a bunch of these big-name flashy players on it. I 100% agree on you with the thing that it, this is like one of EG's historic problems like just drafting really famous players and yeah. uh, and I mean I think honestly there's a strategy behind it um, Selling because merch. you know <laughs> winning yeah winning tournaments makes you a lot of money but setting RTZ t-shirts that makes you a lot of money as well and yeah. one is contingent on your team doing well the other one not that much. Um, yeah, you can't rely on tournament winnings. You can rely on people buying things, right? Exactly. Like, you know, you know, I don't work for any brands, but I have a lot of friends that do, and I know that behind the scenes, they're like, all right, well, we know, let's just say, every time we put out a new Arteezy shirt, we can guarantee we'll sell a 1,000 of them. Maybe if it's a good shirt, we'll sell 2,000. Maybe it's a great shirt, we'll sell 5,000. But even a bad shirt, we're going to sell 1,000 of them. So that's like guaranteed uh, or expected income, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are marginal – there's marginal income as well. But tournament winnings are like, well, we could win $50,000. We could win $250,000. Oh, like, you know, but we have to pay rent. So we don't want to <laughs> – Let's show more shirts. Yeah, you don't you don't want to pay your rent off of marginal yeah. income. You want to pay your rent off of expected income. Mm. I mean, to get back to the like EG having flashy players, I think this roster swap because before that they had Ramses, which mm-hmm. I think made that problem even worse than with oh. this lineup because Ramses, he's like they had like three, almost three like 
core players on offlane. And Ramses, he wasn't an offlane player. Uh, yeah. He's not playing offlane for his new stack. So I think it's better to have... Uh, I think Ramses is probably a better player than Ice 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 these days, but I think Ice 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 is a way better offlaner than Ramses. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, Ice 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 has really only ever been an offlaner too, yeah, right? Exactly. So especially now that we are expecting a patch um, to come very soon, um, it's good to have historically or players that have a long history playing a role because they have a baseline hero pool that, if suddenly, you know, the the top tier offlaner is Timbersaw, Ice 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 has played that because he's played offlane professionally mm. at a Good high level issue. for like a freaking million years. Whereas Ramses, maybe he's a better player, but if he he does not have these heroes in his pool, then if you have a tournament two weeks into a new patch, he's not gonna be able to adeptly make the hero pool changes that Ice 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 might. And also, you know, if you're a player that's played offlane for a long time or any position, he might find some innovative you know new three whereas ramses probably isn't gonna have that nuance to take to the offlane um that a player that's been an offlaner for a very long time might have so that's where it's a trade-off right i think it's yeah, a good very point. very good point um overall i like this move uh, i think this lineup is much stronger than it was with ramses um Although I would have liked to see EG maybe draft some North American talent to, you know, mm-hmm. support the scene. But of course, that's never going to happen. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of Ramses, uh, his new team, uh, he is making with another ex-EG player. Um, this new stack was rumored for a long time because mm. they approached the very famous uh, Chinese coach, ROTK, uh, to coach them. Um, and Tire, I kind of leaked the lineup on a stream, basically. But oh. this new lineup is Sumail, No One, Solo, Ramses, and Zayek. So three ex-VP players um, who were released from VP, uh, then Ramses, who just came from EG, and then Sumail, who most recently played on OG. And Zayek, I think he was on VP as well, actually, uh, recently. So yeah, um, that team, it's looking good so far. However, I got to say, their name, Super Trash. Their name is literally Just Error. Just Error? Yeah, Error. Oh, like Just mistake. Error. Um, that Such a trash name. It's, it's so uncreative. It, well, also, J-E is not, like, catchy. Yeah. Right? Like, when it's shortened to J-E, it's like, or what, it's going to be Jer, like J-E-R-R. If, like, <laughs> I, I can't think of a good way to shorten things, right? Like... So, I mean, you haven't had to do this because you joined We uh, We Like Dota once it already existed. But when when Fourth Spirit was becoming Fourth Spirit, we were batting around idea names. And because we were moving from .p, which was a good acronym, but a bad... FS isn't a good acronym, yeah. But, uh, well, so .p was a good acronym, but a bad name, right? Defense of the Patients is, like, exhausting to explain to people. Um, <laughs> and it, it's not good branding. Whereas .p is catchy and it works. But Fourth Spirit, we were happy with the name. But when you shorten it, it's like, well, FS is like kind of eh, whatever. Uh, 4S, we like. Um, but also, we just use fourth, you know, the number four TH. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, handy. And so that's like a serious thing that we had a discussion about because, you know, we're not a business. But, you know, it's like a project that you want to put time into. So in the same vein, if you're making a esports team, you have to think about stuff like that. But also, if you're, you know... No offense to, like, pro Dota players, 
I think they were like, this is our fun stack with our buddies. And they don't, I imagine they don't think about branding as much as they should. Because, again, this is like typical esports, right? Um, but just yeah. error is like, or just error, I guess. Either way, yeah. it's bad. I, that's a really it's dumb name. Bad. I uh, bet you wish you could have our podcast name, huh? It's no. It's literally perfect acronym, self-explanatory. Like, you hear the name, you instantly know what it's about. I Our think it's pretty good. Fourth Spirit you don't prides even, itself on being mad about Dota, and we don't like You don't Dota even sometimes. have Dota in your name. Yeah, we don't need it. It's, well, we hate we hate Google search optimization. Uh, that's our <laughs> big thing on Fourth Spirit. We're all about self-sabotage. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, we are not obligated to like Dota, whereas you guys have to be a positive podcast. Nah, we can just lie. It's fine oh, if, that's our, true. if our title's a lie. I, I love uh, a lie. We're not opposed so to lying here. I, I support lying in any and all forms, unless you're mm-hmm. like, Andy, no. And then lying is bad. But everybody else is allowed to lie freely. Yeah. Um, oh, to get back to this, you know, Sumail stack, it's looking pretty good right now. In the Epic League, uh, let me see. They have B. Oh, no, they lost to Mud Golems, but Mud Golems is kind of sneaking good. But good they name. beat Team Liquid, at least. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. But uh, they got 2-1 by Navi, so maybe it's not going that well, actually. Yeah, I, I I will hold back any opinions because I have no knowledge of these topics um, mm. other than that I recognize the names of all these players, and that is a good sign. <laughs> Very cool. um, Wait, but... you recognize Zayak? No, I don't, I don't know him, but everybody else okay. I know. Um, yeah. And none of them I know for being, like, toxic on a team whereas you know and not and and that is ultimately a pretty minor or not a minor, Are you sure i think ramses is known for being a bit toxic sometimes um i know i i'm not sure about ramses but there are certain players i know from interviews and stuff that other players are like oh yeah he's a good player but he's really hard to play with and i've not heard that about sumail or no one or solo and that's a good sign for me i mean I think the general consensus is that Sumail used to be really toxic, but that he matured a lot in the past few years. Yeah, because his brain is still forming, right? Like, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. still like eighteen or whatever, right? Yeah, he was like sixteen or something when he like started playing pro Dota. Or even I think younger. he was fourteen. Yeah, something like that. He was really young. Um, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Last topic for the news. Uh, it's a lot of pro Dota this week. Uh, my boy Kuroki. Uh, he's Returning to playing actively, uh, he was on a break for the past five months to take some time to recover from his chronic wrist and hand injury uh, uh. that he had from just grinding a lot and not taking care of himself. Um, but now he's back. And something else that he mentioned, uh, they're planning to expand Team Nigma, uh, which is the new team they formed after leaving Liquid after oh, TA yeah. this year. Um into another esports title. So my question to you, Ursius, uh, what title do you think they're going to expand to? Oh, that's a good question. Um, let's see. Are you asking me as somebody who watches things or as somebody with a business mind? Um, Both. Not that I have a business mind. I would say if I was in the executive uh, position of any team, I would say to expand into... Hmm... I mean, if it's games with tournaments, I don't really know. I would just expand into streaming because that's more reliable money and and it's more brand building. Mm. Whereas 
esports titles they're they're so finicky. Well, Enigma yeah. they recently signed the first streamer, so they're kind of doing that already. They signed yeah, I mean, that's uh, the play. attacker who's very famous for school. Oh. Yeah, I oh, know. I, I as a Kunkka player, I'm very very familiar with attacker. He is the um I'm a big fan of Battle Fury Kunkka, which is one of those things that you see really good Kunkka players do and nobody else. And mm. um, I lo- I love attacker for not popular than that, but making me aware of that build. Um, I, yeah, I I don't even know what games have tournaments right now. I'm so bad at this segment. I'm so sorry, Ari. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fine. Because, um, it, like, what? Like, people I play think... Among Us. There's not freaking tournaments for Among Us. Like, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. There actually um, are some Among Us tournaments. Not, oh. like, competitive ones, but, like, meme ones. Um, yeah, like streamer tournaments for views. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the most obvious, like, guess from my perspective would be CSGO um, because it's a oh, mouse yeah. game. They're familiar with the ecosystem. Um, yeah, it's they not reliable a MOBA, so it's a different genre. Yeah, they're very reliable because it's kind of weird, like, how things shaped up because of COVID, right? Because yeah. Dota, they had more involvement than CSGO from Valve, which the CSGO player base was really envious of. But right now, because Valve is like doing jack shit uh, for Dota right now because of COVID, uh, mm-hmm. CSGO is doing a lot better because the third-party organizers are still doing tournaments. Um, oh, okay. Stuff like League, obviously, they've always just been a thing of Riot, so they're doing well, but Dota's kind of like stuck in the middle uh, and got the worst of two worlds at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice to go if you're expanding into CSGO. You know CSGO is going to exist. Maybe the viewership will be higher, maybe it'll be lower, but you know it's going to exist in five yeah. years in some form, where Whereas if you're, you know, an organization like Team Nigma that are not huge, I mean, they're like big within Dota, but they're, you know, not like EG, I would be cautious about expanding into something that's very tentative, like Valorant, Valorant, Mm. yeah, Valorant, whatever, Um, because Valorant, you know, it might have a bad patch like Apex Legends did and then die. Whereas CSGO, like maybe there's a bad patch, but people are still going to play that game and be into it. I mean, CSGO, it's still reaching, like, new records, like, decades after it was released. So, CSGO, I think, still has the best uh, ahead of it. Um, Yeah. I mean, the only other... Sorry. No, my pocket pick... (laughs) Go ahead. I have a bad habit of doing that. I'm like, oh, no, you go. Um, But the only other side of it is you can pick up a team in a new esport for super cheap. Whereas if you're buying into a CSGO team that's super competitive market, it might cost them a lot of money to get Mm -hmm. into... Um, or they might have to not get a great team. Whereas with Valorant, now it's going to bug me so much how to say that word. Valorant is, you could probably buy a team relatively cheap if you're trying to get into Valorant. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's more expensive esports to get into uh, than CSGO. Like, yeah. for example, Call of Duty and League, you have to play. You don't have to only have to like buy players, pay them, pay staff, and pay transfer yeah. fees. You also have to pay giant franchising fees in the case oh, of yeah. League, um, which doesn't exist with CSGO. Um, my pocket pick would be a like, mobile game, actually. Um, oh. Because Nygma's focus, it's they're not a pure EU org. Their office, it's in Cairo. Um, they're like head office and they've been doing a lot of initiatives in the middle east and mobile games are very popular in the middle east so i wouldn't be surprised if they actually expand to some kind of mobile game yeah PUBG mobile i know is huge in like very specific countries yeah india and southeast asia 
Yeah, and so maybe that's actually a good pick. Yeah, I would support that. I think they should stream. I mean, I think they should invest into streaming Genshin Impact because that is the only content that I would consume <laughs> uh, from Team Nigma. Very cool. Very cool. Um, you want to move on to the hero of the week? Sure. You're tougher than I thought. Come along. Have a cookie. Meepo. More meepo. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. All right. The hero of the week for this week is Tinker. Uh, I know you're a big expert on the hero Ursi, so maybe uh, you'll actually take us through his abilities if you want. Oh, oh yeah, sure. So let's uh, Tinker, our, our, our buddy. Nope, that's Invoker. So Tinker, um, very simply... <laughs> Always a mid-hero. I So on 4th Spirit, if you look it up, you can listen to a podcast where we talk about 5-position Tinker. I'm a big supporter of that. I have an amazing win rate on it. Much better win rate than mid-Tinker, frankly, because this hero is not that good right now. Um, but Tinker, classically, mid-lane hero. Very flashy, consumes a lot of stuff on the map. And um, very, very annoying yeah, to play against. I hate that about him, man. He just like, sucks up all the farm and I have nothing. Yeah, that, I think that's the difference. And this as I get... I guess getting a little too detailed uh, for the beginning of this, but Tinker, a good Tinker player does not consume all the map, and a bad Tinker player consumes all the map. I suppose a and bad one just dies. Feeds. But <laughs> like you have to know, you have to know how much to farm and how to restrain yourself hmm. because you don't need to farm the whole map. You just need to farm like two lanes. Um, there has to be limits. Anyway, to simply put his. Um, his spells he has laser which is a very simple pure damage nuke that also uh, blinds the enemy that you hit for a hundred percent blind it also is good if you're defending towers you can blind um you know the catapults very handy it's pure damage which is cool um it also will bounce if you get ags but that bounce sucks and it's bad so don't worry about that at all uh heat seeking missile is a very simple nuke it heat seeks two targets or up to two targets i should say for a moderate amount of damage, very great first point damage, 125. Pretty mediocre damage after that, but ends up being 350, which is pretty good. So simple mm. nuke. March of the Machines is his third ability. It's his classic um, march where it literally marches these little robots down that hit in... They actually have circular uh, hit patterns, which is hard to explain on an audio show. But basically, it just creates a stampede of machines. Each one deals damage if it hits you in that, again, circular targeting, if you run into it, or if you know they hit you while you're standing there if you're a creep. And mm -hmm. they deal 16, scaling up to 40 damage. There's also a um, talent that gives them plus 8 damage. So that's 20% more. And this is his primary farming ability. And then, of course, the core element of Tinker is rearm his ultimate ability that refreshes all of his um, all of his spells and all of his items with the exclusion of a couple things, right? Um, I believe it doesn't refresh Necronomicon. Necrobook, Hand of Midas, Meteor Hammer. Yeah, BKB, I think it does not. Yeah. Um, but in general, it refreshes basically everything you would logically buy on him, and then it doesn't refresh a few things that would be stupid to buy on him or would be way too overpowered to exist. Um, mm -hmm. So, the basic idea of Tinker is you are 
rushing into Boots of Travel to take advantage of Rearm, and you are just popping around the map, spamming March of the Machines to farm. You're farming the jungle, two camps at once, using March of the Machines. Um, ideally, you're also stacking during your laning phase, so that way you can farm with March. And then in fights, you are building items that when you refresh them, have active abilities like Scythe of Vice that you can spam on people and deal a lot of damage, right? Dagon is also another popular one. Shiva's Guard, another big one. Um, and then also you're just constantly popping rockets out and lasering people that you need to laser. Um, this hero also always buys Blink Dagger. So again, his fight style is of a like peripheral hero where you're always yeah. on the sides. Uh cobble to hides in the trees and spams his belts that's all yeah right. and then when you pop out of the trees like either later in the fight or for a pickoff you're just chaining your damaging abilities and also if you have a scythe of ice you're chaining that for a disable so this mm. is one of these extremely annoying heroes uh, i would say probably top three most annoying heroes yeah uh, i agree i think the difference with tinker is tinker is very very exceedingly counterable and he's pretty bad like genuinely i love playing this hero recently me playing being a mid player in like the last six months tinker is i would say the primary mid hero that i have enjoyed playing and um, but he's bad like he has a lot of different things that are bad about him uh, some of which are obvious like bkb counters everything he does um, some that are not obvious, like what we talked about with farming, where it hurts your own team if you do it poorly. Um, there, this is a hero I think that suffers from the existence of neutral items, because mm -hmm. Tinker does not utilize neutral items very well, with a couple exceptions like Telescope. Um, but also, there's a lot of neutral items that are really good against Tinker. Right, Flicker is awesome against Tinker because it yeah. dispels his laser, and right? you can dodge rockets with it. Yeah, and you can dodge rocket. Right, obviously the um, the BKB neutral item is really good against Tinker. Right, there are so spider many legs good... you can run in the trees, clear them. Yep, because usually um, those are a big barrier to killing him. Yeah, the other big Tinker counters are anything that can get to you in the trees or provide vision. Right, Zeus is classically the number one counter to Tinker. Where Zeus ults, he finds Tinker, then he puts down his uh, circle. What's Nimbus. it called? Nimbus, and then Tinker can't refresh his abilities because of the mini stun um he's found and unless you build specific items to deal with it like a force staff then you're just gonna die to this yeah. zeus right clockwork is going to rocket to find you and then hook you uh tree and protector is going to be in the trees waiting for you to show up right there are specific tinker ward spots on spires in the sides of the map that um really i mean they exist for a variety of heroes nowadays but originally they were made basically just to counter tinker hmm. um and so there's a lot of ways to deal with tinker silences of course are also annoying um he's a bad hero but he's very fun uh, and if you're a toxic player like me you will have so much fun playing tinker and making people's day terrible and miserable yeah. and awful for me it's just uh what i like is always having a button to press when i play tinker oh, i've yeah. dabbled him in a bit oh yeah uh, i feel like he suits my playstyle kind of uh but i haven't played him too much uh but yeah it's nice it's kind of exhausting i feel like after like oh yeah because with some heroes you like just right click on the jungle and you farm for tinker like 
you have some insane button presses per minute on this hero, even if yeah. you're bad at them. Like, you always have to press a million buttons on every second in the game or you're playing the hero wrong. Um, yeah, I Tinker is in that category of heroes that when you play him well, it feels so good. And I think, again, I've been saying, like, this hero sucks, um, but he's a fun hero to lose on. Yeah. Whereas there are other heroes that I like but do not practice because I find them really boring to lose on. Tinker, I both learn things in losing games and also even in losing games i get to do fun things um whereas other heroes is like well if i like io i was not fun to lose on like if you're getting stomped on io you just die repeatedly and you can do nothing yeah. maybe that's uh, a weird example but um tinker extremely extremely fun just in general um let's let's talk builds a bit maybe do you still build eggs on this hero because it used to be a big thing it used to be big. Um, so in the history of Tinker patch-wise, is Ags was super popular for a while because the range... Uh, tell the listeners what it does before, maybe. Okay, so the Ags, it makes it so that your heat-seeking missile spawns four missiles, and also it makes it so that your laser bounces uh, between visible enemy heroes within a specific range. range. What What is what you say? 400. 400 range. So, the problem with the Ags, which I like, but I build usually as, like, a sixth item, and I always, other than when I'm countering certain heroes, but in general, the problem with the Ags is the search radius for lasers bounces is 400, which sounds like a lot, but in practice is very low in a team mm -hmm. fight, unless you are grouping up opponents, or unless there are opponents that are naturally grouped. Yeah. Um, Especially like, because... Yeah. Sorry, but especially because the only time when you're like lasering, because at the start and in the middle of team fights, you're like you're not lasering people because you need to be close yeah. to people to laser them. Like when you actually laser people, uh, ideally it's when like four heroes are dead and you're cleaning up one hero. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the problem with ags. Again, I purchase it sometimes. The only time I buy it early in games is if the enemy team has one of these like five melee hero team comps or. Um, well, really, actually, that's pr pretty much the only time that I buy it early. Um, it's pretty high damage, though. Honestly, people think about it from the laser perspective, but having four heat-seeking missiles is a humongous damage buff. Um, and also, if you have heroes that provide vision on your team, that is a big advantage to the Ags. So if I have a team that has, like, a Zeus and a Bounty Hunter, let's say, I don't know what team comp that would be, but let's just say that it exists, then the Ags is a bit better because you can reliably be getting at least three rockets off. Whereas if you don't have vision, sometimes you're going to buy ags and it's going to do literally nothing in a team fight. Mm. And like, that's trash. Um, okay. Uh, do you want to do have... just basic builds? Yeah, do the basic builds first. And after that, I'll have one more question for you that I'm wondering. Okay. About. So there are, I will give the super basic build first and then a secondary build that is popular, but is not, you know, as classic the classic good tinker build which is what i did last night in my hour-long game um is you build soul ring and a bottle um if you have good rune control you can go bottle first i actually sometimes skip bottle entirely and, and that's a little too detailed anyway you go soul ring and bottle whichever order you prefer then you get boots of travel then after boots of travel you build aether lens and then blink dagger you can build blink dagger and then aether lens 
depends on the game. If you feel like you need blink, go blink first, then aether. Um, mm. Aether lens, blink. Uh, then you build a bloodstone. Then after that, you build a scythe of vice. After scythe, you're building conditional things, like you might need a Shiva's guard. You might want to get that Aghanim scepter. Um, that's really the core set of items, right? Is that basic idea of you build aether lens and blink because the aether lens allows you to actually use your laser from a pretty decent range. Um, and it takes a lot of the risk out. Also, the aether lens is affecting your blink, which gives you way more options on being sneaky. Um, the Also, you really need the mana pool from aether lens. That's why people build it first ahead of blink sometimes is because the aether lens ends up giving you an entire extra rotation of your abilities. Whereas mm -hmm. blink... Uh, is just being sneaky. And some games you don't need to be sneaky because you're like, oh, well, nobody's going to kill me anyway. Um, and the Bloodstone makes you tanky and also gives you a ton of mana regen that allows you to get more rotations of your abilities off in the jungle and in lane and things like yeah. that. Um, Soul Ring is still cool, right? Soul Ring is the most core item on Tinker. Okay. Soul Ring, so frequently when you're like laking, again, this hero farms like crazy, so you're going to be eliminating items pretty quickly. In late game, I will have Soul Ring instead of Ags uh, oh, really? in my slots. That's how good Soul Ring is on this hero. Because um, it's 150 mana every rotation. Yeah. And once you have Bloodstone, also you have all this like extra random regen that you are fine using Soul Ring for mana and losing health because... Honestly, this is one of these here that if you get gone on, you're probably either going to be totally fine and know you're fine, or you're going to be absolutely dead. So you're fine with losing, you know, like a few hundred health here and there from Soul Ring. So um, if you're like an eight-slotted tinker that's like dragged, he has a moonshot, or yeah. even axe, do you still have a Soul Ring in your inventory no. then? So using my game from last night as an example, I eventually got rid of my Soul Ring to build a Ghost Scepter because uh -huh. the enemy team had like a Slark that kept hunting me and they okay. had a core shadow fiend but until then i had um soul ring all the way up to let's see i replaced my soul ring at an hour and two minutes and oh, like 30 wow. seconds that must be a long game yeah and like i said i bought ags and the like uh ags what's it called like the, shot buff the ags shard ags, yeah i bought that and i consumed it entirely rather than keeping the ags in my inventory for the stats. Eventually okay. you get rid of it, but it's the most important thing. Um, also, Soul Ring allows you to farm in the early game before your boots of travel, which is big if you're having a hard lane. Yeah. Um, be and also you can refresh TP scrolls. So if you're having a hard lane, you can Soul Ring, farm jungle, Soul Ring, and farm lane be low, and then refresh your basic TP scrolls to TP back to base. And yeah, sure, it costs you you know, 180 gold cumulatively. But if it's enabling you to farm, you know, 600 gold, it ends up being worth it. Um, yeah, I think that's a good tip. Don't be afraid to use your rearm on basic TPs. Oh, yeah. Uh, when also you start the game with three TPs, right? So, yeah. and since you're rushing BOTs, base or basically rushing BOTs, usually you're going to have them by like 10 minutes if you're having a hard game. Um, with BOTs, you only need one scroll. So that means you should be assuming... Uh, you should be planning ahead to optimize your farming by using those two extra scrolls, if Good that point. makes sense. Good point. So um, that's where you want to like exhaust your mana and exhaust your health with your soul ring, farm, and then TP back to base, then TP back in, and then you still have your one TP left over. Um, yeah, that's another big tip is if you're having a bad lane, 
which Tinker generally, most of Tinker lanes are pretty good and formable. He wins certain matchups crazy hard because yeah. of laser, but also he has some matchups that are terrible. And if you're getting like, um, if you're getting aggressed on by like an enemy support, it can get pretty bad pretty fast. Um, but Tinker, I would say you should reliably be having a good lane and farming jungle, especially if you're in lower MMR and people are not thinking to like invade your jungle. You can stack camps using either your body, of course, or you can stack camps using March if you time it right. And you can be farming jungle and lane simultaneously like a god. It's incredible. Cool. Um, this hero sucks at getting runes, though. That's why some games I will build Soul Ring and then BOT and then get a bottle afterwards. But if you're going to get runes, runes are nice. I just kind of don't like bottle. That's me personally as a cool. mid player. But. Uh-huh. Um, all right, yeah. my last question is regarding Rearm. So for everybody listening, Rearm, um, when you level up this ability, it reduces the rude- uh, the duration uh, that it takes to Rearm. So it's three at level one, 1. 1.5 seconds at level two, 0. 0.75 seconds at level three, but it increases the mana cost. So 100, 200, 300. Yeah. What people used to do on the zero is they like held their skill points and... Like, only when they were, like, completely six-slotted, put a second and a third point in yeah. VR. And then there was, like, a time I didn't understand that. Like, people suddenly put it the second point in, but not the third point. Um, and my question is, do you still do that? No, you don't. I mean, the simple answer is no. You just level it every time. Okay. I've played around with both. Um, but you're right. For a long time, people were like, no, you get one point, and that's all you need. But um, I believe it's probably, I don't know if the spell changed. I think the big thing is you now build things like Bloodstone, so you have a larger mana pool and Aether Lens as well. So you mm-hmm. can actually afford to have level 2 and level 3 rearm. Um, it makes a huge difference, especially with cycling your abilities and, yeah. and like blinking around, right? If you're blinking every 3 seconds, that is wildly different than blinking every 1.5 seconds. Um, so yeah, you level rearm, uh, like at six, 12 and 18. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. And also like you can't level stats anymore for the last couple of years. So when you could level stats, you'd be like, well, you know, I'm 18. I don't really need this. Maybe I'll get a couple points in stats. That would be fine. But yeah, always level rearm at six, 12 and 18. Um, I've accidentally not skilled at six and boy, was I embarrassed. <laughs> but yeah. And also the regular skill build for reference is I I have a couple modifications of my own but the general skill build is you go first point laser then march to the machines at 2-3 then a lot of people they get laser again at 4 and then you get march at 5 rearm at 6 march again at 7 so you have max march and then you max rockets after that that being said I have had a lot of success with getting first point laser, second point heat seeking missile, then you get march 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 at 3 4 5. Mm-hmm. And the damage you get out of having laser and heat seeking missile at level 2, which is 80 pure damage and 125 magic damage. Yeah. And also it's, it's very really efficient for your mana, the missiles. 125 oh, damage yeah. for 80 mana is super efficient. It's ridiculous. And that's why a 5 position tinker is honestly really good um is because you get rockets in lane and everybody runs duo lanes these days yeah so you're playing a five position hero that has great base damage has pretty good stats has a good attack animation 
and has a 125 damage nuke that you just constantly are popping out on enemies. Um, that you don't even need to target because it has 2,500 range yeah. as long as you have vision. And since so you're you support, you can just use your TPs once you're six to TP back and always yeah. have that. Exactly. It's all. It's like really, really good. Honestly, I think I'm like four and two with it, um, and I've not played it in a while. But it's one of those stupid things that you hear and you're like, "This is dumb." But then you play it and you're like, "Actually, this is really good." Um, cool, cool. Anyway, that's well, a whole nother podcast. But yeah. <laughs> if you're a mid player try to play tinker um if you're a support player and you're messing around with your buddies maybe play five position tinker again it's honestly good if you play with any stunning hero it's crazy in a lane i ck tinker i think is an amazing safe lane mm-hmm. um and yeah when you're farming just be greedy but don't be too greedy right if you yeah, see you somebody going somewhere yeah exactly don't grief your buddies um or you're in it or yeah um yeah, if you see somebody, and this is like the cardinal rule of farming just in general, but if you see your carry player going to a lane, don't TP there because he needs to farm it or she needs to farm it. Like, that's the basic idea, right? If you're playing Tinker, plan out where you're going to go, you know, blink in, shift Q, or TP in, shift Q your blink into the trees, march down, rearm, send another march. Always march on diagonals to optimize your damage, mm-hmm. and that's another tip is it's all about yeah like, because if the on march of the machines if like a robot does damage to a unit it gets basically eaten up it doesn't do damage to the unit behind uh, behind so yes. if, for example when i play against tinker and lane which sadly i have to do quite often um if he uses march i just hide behind my creeps and take zero damage sometimes yeah um yeah always do it on a diagonal and um i guess the only heroes to really look out for he has a lot of counters that are item-based, but heroes that I see and then do not pick Tinker against are Wind Ranger because she builds MKB first item. She yeah. is really bad in lane against Tinker, but then once she has that 14-minute MKB, you're just going to chain feed. Um, also, she can cut trees down. Like It's a whole, it's a whole lot of problems. Um, so don't pick Tinker against Wind Ranger, Zeus. although it's playable. Zeus is extremely bad to play against. Clockwork is bad to play against. Spectre is bad to play against. Um, Spectre is playable, but it's rough. Um, those are the, really the big ones that I think of. Yeah. Um, most other things, it's pretty fine. Sniper is annoying to play against, but that means the enemy team has picked Sniper, so you're going to win. Um, hmm. I think and, PA is yeah. also a pretty big counter. Yeah, PA is annoying to play against, but PA is manageable. Um, yeah, yeah, you're because just high in trees, I guess. Yeah, and, like, Weaver is another one where, like, if you get a Weaver bug on you, you're going to be so sad. Mm. Um, but really, the only big ones are, like, Zeus and Clockwork and Wind Ranger. Cool. Um, and Techies is also pretty annoying. Um, mostly because your game is going to take 95 minutes. <laughs> if you're True. playing Tinker, plan on long games. Like, my game last night, we won, and I dominated, but it was, like, a 63-minute game. Mm. And it was tiring like it it, it it's yeah a it's a lot of button presses uh for sure yeah well and yeah and be worried about shadow blades because if a smart enemy team they'll shadow blade onto a creep wave anticipating you to tp there then right when you tp they'll like use a shadow fiend ult or they'll use you know any nuke or like a lena lsa that's something you need to worry about too yeah um yeah. have to be quick fun, with that yeah. though because you immediately blink to trees most of the time yeah 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 um again cool. Good hero. Recommend Good hero. him. 
cool, cool. Um, thanks for that expertly analysis on Tinker. Uh, you seem to we really hope. know what <laughs> you're talking about with this toxic ass hero. Um, oh, yeah. Again, let's I have, yeah. move on to Noobs Ask Noobs, Ersi. We got some good Great. questions here. Holy shit! If you want peace, you must prepare for war. If you want war, you must also prepare for war. The lesson is always prepare for war. All right, welcome to the last segment, uh, Noobs Ask Noobs. Uh, the first question by Backwards. What's the most recent game you remember where the enemy threw with a divine rapey purchase? And can you give us the tale? I actually Ooh. know my game, I think the last time where this happened to me. So I was playing Wind Ranger. Uh, I was doing really, very well in the mid lane. And the enemy had a PA that went really, really, like he had an insane lane, uh, got really, really fat. I killed him a couple times with just like Shackle MKB. But mm. at some point the PA gets an MKB as well. And then even if you... Uh, if you stun her and ulti the PA, she still dies. But if you don't hit your stun and you ulti her and she just blinks on you, you're most of the time dead as Wind Ranger because yeah. you have like two armor or something at level 20. Um, but then, you know, the enemy, they killed me a couple times uh, in the mid game. Uh, they took mega creeps. Uh, the game went on for a long time. Then we kept like win because they also had a draw ranger mid, um, which mm. was well, basically why I had a really good early game because he chain fed me. Um, and he was kind of important for them uh, in their game plan a lot of the time. And when they pushed our Ancient, even though they had Mega Creeps, they, like, in the mid-game teamfights, they did a good, did a good job of uh, protecting that draw. But I got for, like, three fights in a row where they, like, used buybacks and stuff and, like, traveled in. I just got to, like, use full duration ultimate on the draw ranger and the entire oh. enemy team ignored me uh, which feels really good as the ranger obviously um so yeah then the pa bought a divine rapier against us um i killed draw in that fight i don't know how he died he must have like choked really hard but then i was able to pick up the divine rapier and we won against mega creeps uh, that was wow. a very that game felt very very good gotta say it's nice That's cool i haven't had any games recently that come to mind um I did have one I just looked like three months ago. I played a Wind Ranger game coincidentally. Um, and the uh, enemy Morphling bought a Rapier. And this was a super close game, it looks like, to looking at the graphs. Um, and they died at like 50 minutes trying to high ground. And it was one of those classic, like, stupid Rapier deaths where you buy the item, you win like one or two team fights with it, and then you just get picked off. And, like, you mm. don't attack anybody. You just die. Um, and then I picked it up as Wind Ranger. But I don't remember that as viscerally. As, yeah. uh, Having Divine on Wind Ranger, it's like, I think it's, like, probably top three heroes with that item. Yeah, it's, like it's, PA, it's a lot. Luna, who else comes to mind? Who's ready to um, I like, well, I don't know. Sniper also. PA Luna Sniper, I think. Just the thought of Sniper and gives me a Ranger. headache. Because yeah. that hero is just so bad. Um, like, cool. I mean, four sniper is pretty good still. But That's true. Core sniper is just the most game losing thing on earth. Uh, and I say question. that as somebody that enjoys playing sniper. <laughs> <laughs> next question by Rexcal. Do Meepo and Ark give. Uh, so, do Meepo and Ark doubles give Bloodseeker movement speed? Uh, Meepo for sure. I've tested that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about Ark. I think so. I don't think so because his double is uh, – it's not treated like a hero for certain things. Okay. 
So I would assume it does not give blood tier movement speed. Um, so Meepo, yes, Aqua, no. Um, you can get to some ridiculous speeds uh, as a Bloodseeker if you if you have a Meepo in the game, especially since oh, yeah. they like unlocked his movement speed for some reason, so you can like actually get like 1.5k movement speed in these days. Yeah, um, pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, next question from Neil. Am I the only player who thinks they're getting worse with playtime? I have MMA to prove it. Um, <laughs> I think every player has this because, like, your progression skill-wise and MMR-wise, it's not a straight line. So there's going to be times where you get worse and it feels like you've always been getting worse, but it's not yeah. actually the case. That's just, like, you know, there's uh, inclines where you get up and there's declines where you uh, get a bit worse. And yeah. sometimes you just don't decline. And and also, I think as you play more, you become more aware of your mistakes. Whereas yeah, if you're yeah. a brand new player, you're not realizing why things are going wrong. You're just like, oh, I guess I lost this game. It must have been because of my teammates. But then as a <laughs> veteran player, you're like, oh, I lost this game because, you know, I picked Sniper instead of picking Shadow Fiend. It's like, all right. Um, so then it feels worse, but you're actually not getting worse. You're getting better. It's just your mind is uh, it is faster than your hands, I mm. guess. Um, I think also... Certain patches suit certain players, um, and certain players are suited with different things. Like I'm usually my win rate is way better at the beginning of a patch, and then it gets worse as the patch goes on because of a variety of reasons, I'm sure. But I have a very large hero pool, so when a new patch comes out, I read it. We always do exhausting uh, patch reviews, so I think about it a lot, and then I usually am really strong for like the first month of a patch because I can very easily pivot my mid pool for example to any mid hero basically hmm. whereas other players are really good at like oh hey this patch specter is good i'm gonna play 100 specter games and they get better at specter as the patch goes on yeah um also, my advice would be if you're losing a lot of mmr play some unranked relax reset yeah. you know uh, take yeah. a bit chill take a little break um I, I know my last comment on this is um, if you are doing something or trying to force something um, strategically or if you're trying to learn a new role, you may actually be getting worse um, as you play more if you're doing something that is wrong. Uh, mm. It's kind of like um, – I think of it like glasses, right? I tell this to, again, like 12-year-olds all the time at work because 12-year-olds are like, all right, they're going to try on, like, Johnny's glasses because Johnny just got glasses. And I tell them, I'm like, well, if you don't need glasses and you wear glasses for, like, hours and hours, it literally messes with your eyes. Like, it makes your eyes worse um, because you're, like, doing this thing that you don't need to be doing, right? And so this applies to other things, right? If you build a bad habit, like, um, like if you're playing Dota and you've decided that, you know, you're going to take every neutral item because you are A2K. That might make you worse, even though you think it's a good habit because you're just training yourself over and over again. I'm like, oh, I do this dumb thing. Or like, you know, if you play Tinker and you do something that you know is inefficient, but you just keep doing it over and over again, you're training yourself with a bad habit. And then you're going to have to unlearn that later on, which, again, is yeah. making you a little worse with time. Good point. That probably doesn't apply to most people, but I've noticed things like that myself where I do inefficient things, but it's comfortable. And I just keep doing it over and over and over mm. again. Yeah. I used to like not tweet switch until like two months ago. Oh yeah. That's a good example. Yeah. Or like uh, some people, they don't action cancel things like drow ranger is a good example. Drow ranger. When you use multi-shot has a quarter of a second of wasted time at the end. 
because you shoot three waves and how long does it take? Let's say it takes three seconds. Let's say it takes three and a half seconds. Just Interesting. To give a I didn't know number. that. The first wave comes out at, at second one. The second wave comes out at second two. The third wave comes out at second three. The spell and the animation continues to go for like a quarter of a second. And that's totally wasted time. Like it's literally just you're standing there doing whatever she does. Hmm. So if you're playing Drow Ranger, you have to act to be optimal. You have to action cancel that last little chunk because it's wasted time. Um and so that's something where, like, if you are not doing that and you keep not doing that for hundreds of games, let's say, you're building a bad habit and you are getting worse at Drow Ranger as time goes on huh. because you're learning this bad habit to leave the animation going. Yeah. Right? So. Uh, all right. Ursi, you're going to love this question uh, by Titus Andromedon. Are there any Dota skills that help you play Genshin Impact? Ooh. Um, so Genshin Impact is my first and only love. Um, it's so good. I've spent... <laughs> an unhealthy amount of money on it. Not that much, honestly, but an amount that is not zero. Um, I would say the ideal way to play Genshin Impact is with zero thoughts in your brain. So in that, with that in mind, um, I don't want any of my Dota skills to transfer (laughs) because I want my Genshin Impact to be a blissful, relaxing experience of me just running around a world and farming things. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said... Any Dota skills... I mean, Genshin Impact is a lot about numbers. And so if you are somebody that has played Dota for a long time and you're experienced with, like, reading patch notes and analyzing, that has a lot of carryover because Genshin Impact late game is a lot about, like, artifact optimization. And there's a lot of math involved. I'm an idiot with math, but I'm good at, like, reading numbers from because of Dota patches um, and making changes and stuff like that. Um I don't. I wish I had prepared for this question because I'm sure there probably is something. Um, actually, you have to action cancel in Genshin Impact. So if you're Ooh. action canceling in Dota, um, if you're playing Klee in Genshin Impact, who is one of my main DPSs that I use in my stack, um, she has uh, actions that you need to cancel to optimize her damage. So if you play Drow Ranger and are experienced in action canceling, that will carry over to playing Klee. In Genshin Impact. And probably other characters too. Klee's the only one off the top of my head that I know for sure you have to action cancel to optimize her damage. Cool. Yes. It's um, a great game. Everybody should play it. Genshin Impact. That's my take. It's awesome. This. I haven't played it, it yet. Oh. oh, it's so good. And it has it has problems uh, with the in-game economy, but I will say it's really good as a free-to-play player. Um, cool. That's... My simple recommendation is everybody should at least try Genshin Impact. It's just relaxing. It truly is like a no-thoughts game. Mm. Like, you can think about it a lot if you want to, but it's just relaxing. Like, when I get home from work and I'm tired, Genshin Impact is the perfect game to just, like, wander around in. Lots of fun characters, lots of cool quests. You know, great game. Highly recommend. Uh, Next question by Dora Lidestroya. Wow, kind of name change here. Um, What would a Dora board game look like? I do you have a good answer to this question before I ramble a little bit? Um I think I would like to see something similar to chess, like something strategic. It shouldn't just oh, okay. be like luck based. Yeah, I that's definitely true. I think there should be as little luck as possible in this. Um I would like to see a monopoly variant 
um, where instead of having a square Monopoly board, you have a three-lane Monopoly board, and you are going back and forth between, or you're going towards, it'd be like a 1v1 Monopoly, right? And so you are moving down these three lanes, and you're playing five pieces at once, and so you're taking turns and trying to progress your pieces um, across these three lanes, and just like a Dota map, you have the towers and stuff like that, and you have to expend resources on the towers, and you are collecting income based on your relative strength at any moment on the map in the game. Interesting. Um, so do you, like, still buy property? You would buy items, and maybe you'd buy, like, investments in your, like, neutral creeps or in your jungle maybe or something like that. Mm-hmm. There, there would be some monetary component. Okay. Um, I like that. I, That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm i not a big board game person in general, um, so I feel like somebody that is would have a good answer to this question. But I um, I like chess, and that's about the only board game that I play. And I'm not good at chess, <laughs> but yeah. but I do like it. I actually I played chess with my mom uh, today. I wish I games. had somebody at my house to play with, frankly. Oh. Um, but that was pretty embarrassing. Would... The first game, like she beat me in like uh, like five or six moves or something. Oh wow! Uh, second game, so she's I actually won. good. Nah, I think she. I think I just choked really well. Like oh. I was kind of spaced out the first game. And instead of trying to win, I would I just try to like make a symmetric formation that looked cool, um, oh. <laughs> and you know I think that was my downfall. All right, uh, yeah. last question. Just control the middle of the board. Exactly, exactly. Last question. Easiest way to get good at chess. Uh, any advice for position five players looking to move back to mid after three Ooh. years of playing primarily support? That's from Gabe Gonzo. That yeah. is an excellent question, and. A process that I have gone through multiple times in my many years of playing Dota. Because I am a support player who also likes to play core. Um, would you like to take a stab at this before I do? I think you should start rambling first. Because okay, I'm, so, I'm one of those toxic, like, started as a mid, still yeah. plays mid 500 years later type of players. Yeah, yeah uh, that's definitely true. Um, I So my process of converting myself into a mid player... I would say the biggest and most important component of moving from support to mid is throwing away a lot of your habits as a support. Um, and I think this also applies like if you're playing, if you're learning to play uh, safe lane or off lane as a support player, you have to throw out a lot of your habits, right? Um, that means like worrying more about harass than CS, for example. Like if I'm playing mid. Sure, it's nice to bully the enemy Shadow Fiend as Tinker, but it's probably better to use my laser to secure the range creep. Little things like that are you need to unlearn certain support tendencies that are more focused on lane control, and you need to focus more on just making money. Mm. Um, I think in terms of simple advice and and probably the most effective device, advice, which again carries over to other core positions as well, is pick a few heroes of your hero pool that are specifically mid-heroes and play a lot of those. And just play them in losing games, play them in winning games, play them in stomps, play them in games getting stomped. Just brute force, learn those heroes. I think the nice thing about learning mid is you will learn something every laning phase all the time, no matter what. That's true. Um, because even if it, even in a bad game, 
you still have a laning phase. And since it's a 1v1 lane, theoretically, um, you will always have a chance to have a good lane or a bad lane, even if the game is filled with people intentionally feeding down other lanes or whatever. That doesn't matter. Mid lane is... Yeah, it's the, it's the lane where you I feel like you learn lessons the fastest because yeah. uh, just having uh, another hero on your lane, like on your side of the lane, and then also two heroes in the enemy team add so many random stuff uh, in the like in the equation of who wins the lane that like even if you win... If even if you're playing the lane like literally perfectly, sometimes because of circumstances outside of your control, you can just lose the lane. And yeah, especially if you're new and if you're transitioning, um, it's hard to attribute that correctly. So having Absolutely. the mid laner one v one, it's very good for that purpose. Yeah, I, I think my other big thing um is support has a lot of variables and so when something goes wrong it can be t- kind of like you were just explaining it can be kind of hard to figure out like all right why did my safe lane lose um whereas in mid things are extremely concrete and i think you have to be hard on yourself when you're learning mid uh, because again every lane is you know theoretically a 1v1 situation and sure due to draft you might have a disadvantage or you might have an advantage but you should always be looking back and saying, all right, yeah. what went right in this lane? What went wrong? And it will be very obvious to you. Like, you know, oh, I lost this lane because I had poor rune control, but I still built bottle on Tinker mm-hmm. as my first item. That's an extremely obvious um, problem. And you might not notice that in game, but if you look in a replay or, you know, in post game or whatever, you will see very clear yeah. lessons. Um, also, t- traditionally, like a lost mid lane has the worst impact on the game. Uh, than yeah. any other lane right now. It different. It differs yeah. from patch to patch. There's like some patches where like, if you lose off lane, you're just done or something. But I think yeah. right now and in most patches, it's the mid lane. Yeah, and I would say my like last primary piece of advice because this there's a lot of mid advice that exists and can be given is um, if you're picking a hero pool to play. Like I said earlier, you need to dedicate yourself to that hero pool. If you're trying to learn 10 heroes at once and also the mid lane, you're going to have a miserable time. Pick a few. And also pick different heroes that do different things, right? So pick, like, don't play Tinker and Storm Spirit and Invoker, right? Because those are all magic damage mids that are going to have, you know, vague similarities and have similar counters, right? Pick maybe, like... Tinker and Death Prophet and Storm Spirit. I mean, maybe not Tinker if you're just trying to. Like, oh, yeah. Learn. Well, so don't learn Tinker first. That's that's a good point, Arian. Um, but pick different archetypal heroes, right? So pick, like, a pushing mid, a mid that has a stun, and a farming mid, right? So whatever of those three heroes you want, but you want to have different things so that if the enemy team picks, like, you know, Shadow Fiend, you're not like, oh, well, I lose this lane every time because the only mid I play is, you know, Alchemist, and I'm mm. just going to die. You want to have options. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think... And blame yourself. That's, like, honestly the biggest thing that made me a good mid player. Yeah. Like, every time stuff went poorly, I was just like, all right, I was the person in control of this. I lost control. Why did that happen? And just, again, like, be honest with yourself. Okay. Um. My my last piece of advice before I think we gotta close out the show because we were like yeah. way over length. Um. Maybe you're lucky and one of your like preferred support heroes can also be played in the mid. Like if you're a mm. player, 
maybe you can start uh, running a couple matches of Dazzle mid. Who knows? Um, there's not a lot of heroes that can be played mid, but Snapfire is one of them as well, for example, that are like legitimately good in mid. I think the opposite. Um, I I think... You think if you play a support and you were in the mid lane, it's going to make you play like a support instinctively? I think there are elements of that. Also, I think in the long term, it's bad for your growth as a mid player. If you're truly trying to become a mid, I think that's a good piece of advice. If you are somebody that is a support player that has to play mid in a given game randomly, it's like, all right, well, I play a lot of, you know, like support Lena. I'll play mid Lena. All right, so that's a terrible example. Mid Lion, right? Mid Lion is something that I actually kind of like. But if you're a support player, you play a lot of Lion. Sure, in a pinch, maybe you could play mid Lion. Mm -hmm. But if you're um, trying to earnestly learn the mid lane, I think you should try to change your pool and not rely on supports that you already know. Because, like you pointed out, you might pick up, uh, you might repeat, uh, you might do things that you would normally do as a support. Also, again, I think it's very limiting, and it relies a lot of times on, like, gimmicks, right? Like, mid-disruptor, a Bela classic. There's a place for it, but I think if you're a mid-player playing a support hero in the mid lane, that's a little different than a support yeah. hero. You can, support you can player, definitely not do it with every support hero. Yeah, it's just a little, like, I think, I think it's, in the long term, you're better off playing actual mid-heroes in the mid lane um, if you're trying to really learn mid. Like, you need to change yourself as a player. Um, so, I, I think it could go either way. That's just my perspective on it. Would be really dedicate yourself to changing your entire hero pool and stuff mm, like that. Okay, well... Puts you in a different headspace, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thanks for this advice, Ursi. I think this is a good note to end it on. Um, it was my pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, you can come Absolutely. back anytime you want. Uh, check out Fourth Spirit, uh our i'd say sister podcast almost a uh, great podcast sure. as well um follow ursi on twitter follow us on twitter all that good stuff uh and we'll see you next week bye-bye bye-bye